Welcome to Hearts and Stripes, your one-stop shop for all things military marriage. I hope our discussions and interviews equip you with the tools to start or grow a beautiful marriage as we address the benefits and challenges of military marriage. I believe life's most precious moments are worth celebrating, so I'll help you design your marriage blueprint in alignment with your core values. Thank you for joining us and remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Let's do this. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Hearts and Stripes podcast. This is your host, Brie Carroll, and I am excited to bring you another Heart to Heart. So listen, I love to share this platform and introduce you to new voices that are making waves and not just making waves, but really impacting the lives in their marriage. Now, this is a special treat because this is one of my sisters, a pal sister, who is a certified relationship coach with her husband. You will hear from Mansi Moody. She is not just a coach, but a speaker, an entrepreneur. And I love that they train and coach couples of diverse cultures and religious backgrounds to feel connected, empower, and thrive with one another as they do these big things in life and life throws them changes and challenges and they are there to support them together. You're going to hear from Mansi, her story, um, how she met her husband, which is an amazing story in and of itself. It sounds like something out of like a movie and I really think she should lean into that. Um, uh, their love story is just so beautiful as it grew from them being children. I'm not going to steal the thunder. I want you to hear it for yourself. And then as they grew together, you'll hear some of the parallels that we face here in this military community. And then um, the best part is you get to hear how she utilized that challenging time to really serve in this area of relationships. And you know, here on military, when we talk about Military Marriage Day, when we talk about Hearts and Stripes podcast, we are all about strengthening military marriages. So I'm going to introduce you to my friend, Mansi. Honestly, I'm going to let her introduce herself because I really feel like we introduce ourselves the best. And to hear her story is just so beautiful. And I hope that you're not just encouraged by her story, but you're also encouraged about the challenges, the challenge that she gives us and the advice that she gives us at the end. So make sure you listen all the way through so that you can hear those resources that she's sharing and that you can lean into the advice that she gives. Okay. So without further delay, here is my chat with another powerhouse woman, Mansi. All right, everyone. I am excited. I have a very special guest with you that I'm excited to talk to. It's none other than Monsi. She's going to talk about a topic that I actually had to work out personally so that I could grow in my marriage. And we're going to dive into, but I'm not going to steal her, th- her thunder. Monsi, come on, introduce yourself and share a little bit about your marriage story. Well, hi, Brie. I'm so excited to be on uh, your podcast, uh, basically giving a little bit of background for about me. Uh, my husband and I have been married for 12 years, almost going to 13 years, but we've been together for almost two decades, uh, which is crazy when I think about it. But honestly, um, both of us, 
come from similar backgrounds and I'll get into that, but we both are certified relationship coaches and really our passion lies in helping parents transition into parenthood, right? With new identities, with new responsibilities comes a whole era of problems and also uh, new challenges, but also a lot of satisfaction when it comes to having children and seeing your legacy live on. So that's our passion. Now coming back to a little bit of our story, my husband is um, and I, we knew each other since we were little kids. And I'll tell you how. Um, my dad and his dad were college roommates. And it's really weird and funny, but my both our fathers separated their own way after they graduated. My father moved from India to Botswana, which is a small country on the north um, west side of South Africa. And my, his father remained in India, but they stayed in touch over the years. And so whenever we had the opportunity to go visit India, we would stop by their place and my first memory of my husband is meeting him when I was three years old and he was four years old. Oh my goodness. That is, <laughs> that is wow. Yeah, no, keep going. I'm leading. I want to hear all the things now. And it was by far the only vivid memory I have of that trip because it was my first trip back to India. And it was the sweetest moment because I was lying in my mom's lap and I had a severe headache. I was not feeling well from all the travel and everything. And he comes up to my mom and he says, um, and we call everyone auntie in our culture. And so he went up to my mom and he's like, auntie, can I like make her feel better? And so he rubbed my head. And that is the one vivid memory. I remember exactly what he was wearing. I remember every conversation I had with him. And we have one picture from that trip together. Um, and I love it. It's I love it more than life itself, that picture. I treasure it so much. Wow. Fast forward to when he comes and visits us. I we were 10 years old. He visited us in Botswana. He stayed with us for a whole month. We took them around the whole safari thing, watching the big five and everything and playing host. But I never thought about boys before then. I was 10 years old and everything like that. But there was something about this boy that I absolutely fell head over heels with. And I told him, I love you at 10 years old. <gasps> oh, insanity. wow. <laughs> insanity. And he was like, I love you too. And Basically, he had decided then and there that we were going to get married. And it's so funny because our early life and our early relationship li was lived in four year span because we would only meet each other every four years. And so fast forward another four years, I was like, we are teenagers. I was like, he's not going to remember what I told him when we were 10 years old. No way is that ever going to happen. Go to India, visit him. And the first thing he pulled out was, one rose for me. Oh, that is so sweet. I love this from three <laughs> to 10 and now oh, 14. 14 and he still remembered. And he took me on our first date that time. And it was so surreal, but it was then we had decided that the only way we could be together is if we start planning and creating a life from that point onwards. So I was in Botswana, he was in India. So we decided that we will go for our 
higher education, which would be like our bachelor's, we will go to America together. Wow. And that's how we planned coming here. So at the age of 17, I moved here by myself. He moved here with the rest of his family, but pretty much was by himself because his parents right. were figuring out moving to a whole country by themselves as well. And so he moved to Connecticut. I moved to Tennessee. It's just the programs we got into. I pursued a bachelor's in nutrition and he pursued a bachelor's in computer engineering. And we, we, at that time, our focus of our relationship was not us, obviously. It was really getting our footing, getting educated, getting our career set. And I was super driven, super focused on that career. I loved the whole field of nutrition, dietetics, clinical nutrition. It was my jam, like really is. And we worked really, really hard because we were international students, immigrants, all by ourselves, figuring all this stuff out. Not to mention the cultural shock of moving across seas Mm -hmm. and also doing a long distance relationship while doing all that. Yeah. Um, it was so hard. It was so, so hard. But I'm so glad because it enabled our relationship to become a little more resilient over time, you know, and the fact that we didn't have to see each other every day to feel connected. Fast forward, I did my master's. He moved to Wisconsin because he got a job right out of uh, uh, junior year. He worked for global company, healthcare company. So he just moved here and I continued doing my master's in public health nutrition. So it was double degree and very focused, very, very determined on that. And then as soon as I graduated, I I landed at a very big job with a um, multi-national nonprofit, which helped rebuild food structures and food infrastructures in civil uh, war-torn countries such as Uganda. And so I was doing this work and making it happen and all that yeah. sort of stuff. We got married in that time and we had got, we got pregnant after four years of our marriage. That's when the change happened. Yeah. That's when the storm hit. And I didn't mention this earlier because this is a very vital part of our story. When you are part of a culture such as mine, which is an Indian cultural background, I had not realized, but I was breaking stereotypes my whole life. It wasn't common for girls to leave home at 17 to pursue a career, to feel so passionate about it, especially the the family I come from. And I was born and raised in a very different way. My birth was never celebrated because I was the second girl in the Mm. family. Uh, Usually boys' births are celebrated, but mine wasn't because I was considered a liability more than an asset, you know? And fast forward, even then my relationship improved with my parents over time and they wanted the best for me. So they were like, okay, go ahead. If you stay with us, we'll stay in this conservative, very overprotective family, go ahead, go pursue your dreams. And when I went there, there was always this little voice of my father would always say, but you need to make sure you're going to be a good wife. Make sure you're going to be a good mother. Make sure you're going to be a good daughter-in-law. I was always supposed to be all of these things first 
than be myself. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, my in-laws came in with that same expectation. The fact that I need to be serving them constantly, I need to put them a priority. And especially that became obvious when I became a mom, they almost reacted as if, you know, you know how you have your first child and you had a second one and how they feel left out and jealous and completely have inappropriate behavior. You're like, what happened to my good child? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, that was sort of the reaction my in-laws were having where give us attention, don't forget us, you need to be serving us. Wow. And all of a sudden, they, like, all the mess hit the fan, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it all just fell all over me. And I felt like I was failing at everything I was groomed to be in my entire life, which was wow. to be that subservient daughter-in-law, to be that, that um, self-sacrificing mother, and everything. And I felt like I was just failing at everything because everyone made it the, their duty to tell me that. Wow. That's a lot. And what really, really amazed me though, was my husband. He stepped in and he was like, no, you do not get to treat my mom, my, my wife, my, the mother of my child, my son this way. You absolutely cannot. And he told them, you're not welcome here till you figure out how you're going to treat my family well. And that was a boundary. That was the beginning of almost us growing up and yeah. stepping into our own. I and love that. We, we realized that the power truly lied between how we saw each other as equals, not one less than the other, And the fact that there was so much power in us being together and figuring out this thing, which we call life and parenting together. I love that. I I love that. And there's so much in there in your story that really parallels with um, our military marriage relationships. You talked about that resilience and um, having that distance, even as you were fostering that relationship, there's so many things that are similar that we too have to face and go through as we um, chase, whether it's a career or education, or especially when they're serving active duty, we know we typically see, you know, the active duty person gets the priority. Sometimes you'll be geographically separated. So many challenges, but I love that you said in there, that it still kept you guys really close, even through the adversity, even through challenging times and the distance, it still was something that drew you to one another. And I also love um, how in your story and not something that is maybe good or didn't feel good as you were going through it, but you said that you felt like you were failing at everything that you were groomed to be. And I think that is a big feeling that we all can kind of relate to um, different cultures experience this differently. But I would say even in my culture, there was a, you need to know how to cook. You need to know how to clean. You know, this is how you keep your family. This is how you need to be thoughtful about other people. And these are, uh, we expect you to gather for these holidays or traditions. And we expect you to do these things. And I love, love, love so much how your husband stood up and kind of said, no, I'm drawing the line here. 
And, and I really do think that is something that we all need to take a lesson from because you said it, it's a boundary. We have to, as spouses, protect one another um, because our relationship is so powerful. Like you said, when you are in alignment with your spouse, there's so much power there. And, and I completely love, love, love that this story. And I can see even through that experiences that the two of you coming on board um, now coaching and working with others on building their relationship. It's because you modeled it first in your own relationship. And I think that's an amazing thing. Yeah. And I think we were, we were blessed. And I think that's when we started really observing our parents' generation and seeing what is missing here. Why is it that what's happening, which is different slightly between the two generations, like what was different about us versus them? Because we do inadvertently, no matter where, which culture you come from, like you said, we do model our parents' um, relationship or their way of handling relationship or adversity or whatever it is. And so when we saw our parents, we really saw severe disconnection. They were just staying together because of codependency, not because they, they truly loved each other or there was love at some point, but isn't now. And it was more yeah. codependency rather than interdependency. You know, mm. you want to, there's a balance that you have to straddle when you're in a relationship between separateness and independence. And the ability to give each other space to grow, to be your own person. But at the same time, when you come together, you feel like, oh, I'm home. And many a times I think that's what we have to make sure and become vigilant about and that's what became our message and almost our our anthem was the fact that we want to make sure that couples are together together through adversity through challenges through distances through whatever it may be that life throws at them couples can really make it through the storm yeah. if they're together yeah I, I love that and I love that that is the message that you and your husband are championing because it's one that we really need to hear more of. Mm -hmm. And that kind of leads me to my next question. Um, because a lot of what we're talking about here in the, the marriage relationship, but as you had your child, right. Um, things looked a lot different after you had your child. And I mean, I know your story a bit. It's one that, that I was faced with the same things. You're very career driven. You're very focused. You worked hard to build this. And now you have a child, you're balancing family, you're balancing expectations. Kind of take us through what were some of those, those decisions that you had to make after having a child and, and, and your message on kind of rediscovering your passion and purpose after having a child share with us what that looked like for you in your own personal journey and what you did what steps you took to kind of figure that out for yourself? I love that question. I really do. Because the as things were going crazy in my life, an added other crisis or curveball, you may call it, is that for the six years that I was working for that nonprofit, all of a sudden, two weeks before I delivered my first, I lost my job. And so I didn't realize how much of my identity and my self-worth was tied up in that job. And the fact that I was bringing a, a paycheck home, mind you, my mom or my mother-in-law or no one before me had these jobs. They were stay-at-home moms. So for me, it was such a big deal because I wanted to prove to my dad, I am the son that you wanted. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, look, I can cook. I can take care of a family. I can have a baby, but yet I'll be bringing that paycheck home and I'll be doing fantastic in my career. All of a sudden I'm failing as a daughter-in-law. I've lost my job. I've, you know, my, my kid has colic and he's crying nonstop. So oh, everything yeah. had led to that crazy storm, which resulted in me getting postpartum, severe postpartum depression. Wow. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it was a serious reckoning of who am I without my job, without all these titles, without all this recognition, without these labels, who am I? And so all of a sudden, I found myself in this abyss of darkness. And I really, really, really had to search my soul and my heart and be like, okay, what does this look like? I applied for 300 jobs. I didn't even get one call back. Mind you, after all that accomplishment, all that work that I had done from leaving my family at 17 and coming here. So all of a sudden, I'm on a new journey, new, new road that I've never traveled before. Yeah. And so what happened was, I really had to look at myself in the mirror and be like, okay, I don't have my job. So what is it that, who am I? Who do I belong to? Who am I beyond these labels of a wife, a mother, a daughter-in-law, a daughter, a sister? Who am I? And I really looked at myself in the mirror for three years. Mm. And I didn't, I, and I couldn't find answers. And I forced myself. I was like, no, I can. I kept on applying for job after job after job. And then all of a sudden I realized, I'm like, if it's, a, if it's this hard, Maybe it's not meant to be. Wow. Wow. Things in life sh should be hard for a period of time. They should be challenging. But if you constantly hit a wall, you need to step back and be like, I surrender. Mm. And you have to take a step back, take a pause and be like, maybe I'm forcing something that's not meant for my highest good. And so... If you take a step back and take a pause, the universe leaves clues or God, I would say God for me, God leaves clues for you. But you have to be still enough to pick those up. But if you're forcing your agenda all the time, those answers are there right in front of you, but you'll never see it. And we realized for us, it was... At 12 o'clock at night, you would have couples sitting in our, in our living room talking to my husband. Well, how did, you, how did you deal with that situation? How did you overcome this? You don't have a village. How are you raising your child? How are you doing these things? And we would sit yeah. for hours talking to couples and it filled us up with energy. Wow. And when your energy goes up, when you feel passionate, when you feel fulfilled, that's your clue. That's the clue. I love that so much. I love that so much, especially because what you're talking through and, and why I love your story so much is that is literally the feelings or, or the things that we go through. And some of us in this military journey where we have worked, we've had careers, we had the accolades, we did the things. And then now we're in a position where because we're a military spouse or because we're moving every three years, we cannot find a, a job. Or, and I love how you, you said that maybe that thing that we're forcing 
is not aligned. It's not meant to be. It's not, we're trying to inflict our own will and way on yeah. something. And we're, we're actually being led in another direction. And I love those key indicators that you pointed out there. Does it fill you up? Like that, that's a sign. Do you feel fulfilled? Is it purposeful? I, and I'll add another one on there. Does it impact other people? Because that's I it. think that, that is really that's the clue it. right there, right? I love that so much. And, and you discovered all of this after you kind of had that aha moment that, you know what, let me lean into this season, what this season looks like being a mom, being a stay at home. And I think, and for me as well, cause I struggled with this, um, even as, cause I'm an entrepreneur. So the idea of like, I'm not in a traditional position in a yeah. traditional role of, or having a title that people would think is fancy is important. I think we have these ideas of what is expected of us, but like you said, what our parents have ingrained in us as a standard, as the standard is, if it doesn't look like this, then it's not right. Or, yeah. or, or we have those things and we have to kind of unlearn those things as we walk out our own relationships, our own adult life. And I love how you discovered this and had the chance to discover it with your spouse. Yes. And I think that was truly a blessing. And and we wish that upon every couple because really you have one mind that you can create amazing stuff. With, but then when you put two minds together, the co-creative power that you bring into your life and your manifestation power. And I also believe God blesses those couples that are in it together. You know, there's intentionality yeah. and they're making it work. And I feel there's... Uh, unmatchable power in those couples. I really mm -hmm. believe that from the bottom of my heart. Oh, I so agree. I, I think that's why I'm passionate about this platform and, and why we're here on Hearts and Stripes podcast, advocating and encouraging people to strengthen their military marriage and lean into resources like you and your husband so that they can grow their marriage relationship. Because I really do feel like there is power in our relationships, in our marriage. And when we come together and we are aligned and we can, we can really change the world. I love how you talked about even legacy. Like we can change so many things in our lives and in the lives of those who are connected to us yeah. when we agree, when we are aligned and really when we can, we can utilize that power to help other people. Perfect. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, I love that so much. So my next question, because you and your husband do serve, you do serve other couples, what resource do you recommend or do you offer to support um, women or couples throughout their marriage journey? I am very excited about one freebie in particular that I have a few, but this one in particular that I'm very, very excited about is, and it's brand new, is um, three secrets of rediscovering your purpose. I've made it especially for mamas um, after kids. And it really is a very, very thorough work, work um, worksheet, actually a couple of them that walk you through the process of kind of figuring out what we talked about, like what fills your soul, what brings you joy, what feels like oh, it's making a difference. It literally is a very thorough exercise in helping you discover that about yourself. 
create a statement around it and also a very very important bonus question which you really Ooh. really want to get your hands on you can um get that i will tell you exactly where in a moment and the other freebie that we have is um five steps to effectively uh, resolve conflict with your spouse. So that is for couples that we are very, very excited about. Um, and it has been downloaded from, from around the world, truly. And so we are very excited about that. That also you will find uh, on a link that it's all in my Instagram in the link tree, you'll find all the freebies on it. And then the third thing that we offer as a freebie is actually creating your couple's vision statement together. And that is really cool because it's a 60 minute call that we do for free, where you will have both my husband and I um, and you as a couple create a vision statement for your relationship, right? We have mission statements and vision statements for everything in life from our job to you know, I'm, the military has their own mission statement and stuff like that, but we don't have one for the most important relationship in our life. And that is our marriage and our, with our significant other. So we actually help couples do that for free for 60 minutes. Uh, and you can just schedule that again on my Instagram. And the last thing is obviously we're always open to taking on couples for coaching one-on-one. I absolutely love that. We're going to link all three. And I would say even that fourth, um, for, for one-on-ones in, in the bio. And you're so, you're so, um, speaking my love language, because for those who have listened here at hearts and stripes podcast, you guys absolutely know how I feel about having a vision for your relationship. You do not know where you are going. If you have not talked about that with your spouse. So listen, guys, lean into this one, take advantage of these three secrets to uh, rediscovering your purpose for all of the mamas out there. And look, I love how you covered it. You have something for everyone. Um, Five steps to resolving conflict for our couples. Maybe you're not in a situation where you're a parent yet. Maybe this is the freebie that you want to lean into, but everyone should take advantage of the free call for your vision statement. I absolutely love that. And I think that's such a generous give to really show you and your husband's heart to really support couples so that they really can come together, be that powerful force and go out into the world and really create change. I think that's amazing. Thank you, Bree. So I will uh, wrap us up with just asking you what is one piece of advice that you would have to um, our couples that are listening, maybe they heard your story, they resonate with the things that you have gone through and they see you now, they're going to check you out on Instagram. They're going to be like, whoa, she's doing a lot of big things. You know, what is that one piece of advice that you would have uh, that couple or that woman who is not where she wants to be, or she's still unsure about her purpose. She's still struggling to figure out kind of where she fits in this military lifestyle and in her marriage, what would you have for her? I love that question. And when I look back at myself and and having challenges in my life, and I think the one thing I did right was I took 100% responsibility for my healing, for my unlearning, because I think that was the best learning I ever did was unlearning and 100% responsibility to improve myself and my um, sort of triggers 
from my past or what I saw my parents doing, taking account of all that and making taking it upon myself to change that and improve it. What that did, I didn't have to change my spouse. I didn't have to nag him or nitpick him just because he saw a change in me. There was also a change in him for the positive. He was always great. But the fact was when they see a positive step from you, they also start taking 100% responsibility of themselves, their marriage, their family. It just, it's a ripple effect. So my advice is take 100% responsibility of yourself, your life, and your family. Ooh, that is a big one and such a good piece of advice. I absolutely agree. The ripple effect is a, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. I believe in coaching. Um, I have a coach. So, so I, I highly encourage anyone who is listening. If this sounds like something that you aren't sure how to take a hundred percent accountability for yourself, for your healing, for your life, maybe you should lean into getting a coach, having a guide, someone who can lead you along the way. You will have a link to all of these resources in the show notes. Um, and I, I really do hope that you take advantage. It has been such a pleasure chatting with you here on Hearts and Stripes podcast. My favorite part of the podcast has arrived and that is the heart tracks. You can find a whole list of our heart tracks. These are reminders of songs um, that you can play throughout Spotify. The whole playlist is there. It's a reminder of the conversations and discussions that we have right here on Hunts and Strikes podcast. You are in the hot seat. Tell us what our heart track is for this episode. It is I Am Light by Indiana Ari. I love it. It's my meditative song. It is my joy song. And it is almost my my song I walk to when I want to feel connected to God, that I'm beyond the labels because I'm the soul. I love that. I am light. We are going to make sure that we link that as well so that everyone can utilize that song, that they can replay that, that they can listen to the lyrics because I absolutely love uh, all things Indiari. Um, So thank you so much. Thank you so much for the transparency of your story, for leaning into those hard times, those hard parts and then letting your story and the things that you go through truly impact the lives of other people. Uh, send that, that greeting to your husband as well. Thank you for the work that you do. And thank you for being a guest on Hearts and Stripes podcast. Thank you for having me. And I do want to say thank you to all the military couples for your sacrifice, for your service. Uh, we are free because of you. Thank you so much. Now, what did I tell you? See, Mansi is amazing. I absolutely love her, love her story. And all of those generous, generous resources, I really do hope that you all take advantage of those links that are in the show notes, easy for you to access so that you can get your hand on these freebies, especially that call for couples to, to just get their vision statement together. I think that is amazing. So as we wrap up this episode, I am just really excited, but I did want to pause and just emphasize that bit of advice that she gave, taking 100% responsibility. Now, I don't know who needed to hear that. I know I certainly did, but I think that is something that I wanted to just circle back on to ensure that you didn't skip out on, but maybe 
grab a pen and paper, grab your journal, and maybe think through what is one thing that you need to take 100% responsibility of. And I love how she talked about that ripple effect, because as we uh, take that first step for ourselves, we can definitely see that impact in our spouse and in our overall family, but it starts with us. So maybe it's healing. Maybe it's unlearning some things culturally even, or uh, patterns that your parents have maybe done. Maybe it's uh, self-improvement. What is something that you need to take 100% responsibility for? Maybe there's something that you have been forcing to make happen that hasn't happened yet. What can you do to take 100% responsibility for and maybe just lean into the season that you're currently in? I don't know about you, but this episode was truly special and I'm going to take some time and really think about it, probably listen to it again so that I can dive into this bit of advice and apply it. Because again, we don't just want you to be listeners here at Hearts and Stripes Podcast. We really want you to be doers because our ultimately our ultimate goal is for you and your spouse to stay mill marriage strong. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. This is Hearts and Stripes. We are the few, the proud, that aim high and are forged by love. Always ready, always there. We are Mill Marriage Strong.